You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What's going on, Incline listeners? Kevin Klein here. So full disclaimer, we had recorded the episode, we put it out, some of you have possibly already listened to it, but about two hours later, we were surprised to get the news that Max Scherzer has been scratched from his Game 6 start against the Los Angeles Dodgers, according to Jorge Castillo of the Los Angeles Times, and then around 7 a.m. Pacific, Saturday morning, the Dodgers announced Walker Buehler will be starting Game 6 in Atlanta So, what does this mean for Max Scherzer? Can he give it a go on Game 7 if that happens? No idea. All we do know about him right now is that he's battling arm fatigue. For Bueller, he will be starting on three days rest. The good news is that overall this was a successful plan when he did that against the San Francisco Giants in the National League Division Series. And he's got a shot at redemption. His last outing against the Braves didn't go so well. Barely able to go over four innings. Things kind of fell apart really fast for him. Dave Roberts had to pull the plug. So look for Bueller to bounce back. Much respect to him for either offering to grab the ball or Roberts asking him to do this favor. But regardless, Bueller will be on the mound. At least he's probably able to go four innings, if not deeper. That should help preserve the bullpen somewhat and make it a little easier for Roberts to manage this game down the line. But yeah, this is very unfortunate news for Max Scherzer. We were all very excited to watch him start. And so when you listen to this episode, you're going to hear some things that are now out of date, like we assumed it would be Max Scherzer starting. Obviously, that's not the case now. But anyways, hope you guys enjoy the episode. It's Let's ride. It's for the words that are recited before each and every game here at Dodger Stadium. Take it away, Finn. It's time for Dodger Baseball. What is going on, Dodger fans? Thank you for listening to another episode of the Incline Dodgers podcast. We're recording here on a Friday, October 22nd. The National League Championship Series is still underway in your Los Angeles Dodgers trail. The Atlanta Braves, three games to two in the series. They are flying back to Atlanta in what is now a do-or-die situation for the Dodgers. Just like the National League Division Series, the Dodgers have to win two consecutive games to keep their season alive and go to the World Series. David Rosenthal, what do the Dodgers have to do to take these next must-win games? They got a hit, Kevin. That's that's about what it comes down to. Uh, runners in scoring position, hitting. We saw that's, that's what it came down to in games one and two, and that's exactly why they lost. They didn't lose because of the pitching. 
They didn't lose because Dave Roberts brought in Julio Rios in the eighth inning, although I didn't love that call. They lost because they couldn't hit with runners in scoring position. Now, if you hit five home runs and get uh, 10 RBIs from two players, I think you're going to have an easier chance of winning as well. But we can split the difference, have a couple hits with runners in scoring position, win game six, and then all the pressure is on Atlanta for game seven with Walker Buehler getting the ball. Hitting with runners in scoring position has definitely killed the Dodgers, especially those first two games. Like you just mentioned, they went a total of two for 18, which is not going to get the job done especially when it was only one batter to get those two hits with runners in scoring position. We can briefly briefly touch upon some situations where maybe the Dodgers failed to capitalize, but of course the Dodgers are coming off a beatdown of the Atlanta Braves in game five. Chris Taylor had himself a night. Jake Reiner, what are your takeaways from what you just saw in last night's action? It was beautiful. It was honestly beautiful to just absolutely boat race these guys in that game was all you really could ask for. And like what David was saying at the top, it is all going to come down to if the offense can save this team and staring at a three, one deficit for the second year in a row, you start to wonder when will the magic run out? And it just hasn't this team. And I, and I mean this team because there are, there are a lot of people, a lot of players that were on last year's team that are on this year's team. So they've been in this situation before, but the ability of this franchise to come back when their backs are against the wall is like nothing I've ever seen before. It's like every time you need a win, this team is able to rise to that occasion. And that to me is like an incredible feat and an incredible thing that they can do. On the other hand, it would be nice to not have to be in these situations all the freaking time. And it would have been nice to win one of the first two games in Atlanta. But this is where we are now. And now that the Dodgers won game five and sent it back to Atlanta, I'm feeling like it could happen. Like it really could. Like there is a very clear pathway forward. And I'll just say this. If the Dodgers win game six, they're winning game seven guaranteed i like it. I'll, I'll elaborate more on that later but that's how i feel it's a, it's obviously about you got to win game six no matter what but if they win game six they're winning game seven i completely agree and, and the path it kind of feels like a presidential election it's like the votes are coming in the path is there arizona and, and nevada or whatever it is and then and then, then you, you get to go to the world series so look they had the, the hardest game in my opinion was yesterday and and we saw what happened so you got to like their matchups. They uh, what did Ian Anderson only pitch two or three innings last time he started? Yeah, uh, and good. then Charlie Morton, we had him on the ropes pretty much, you know, right from the start. And then they just let him hang around. Which if they're going to go to the World Series, they simply can't do. And Seager greeted both of those pitchers with with two run homers. Yeah. So hopefully he can ambush them again. Yeah. Well, so the Grim Reaper was knocking on the door in Game Five. The Braves had their ace going in Max Freed. And that did not stop the Dodgers. 11-2 to final score. But it wasn't the top of the order that got to Max Fried. It was the bottom of the order. Chris Taylor, A.J. Paul, Albert Pujols all had his number. And Chris Taylor had one hell of a game, three home runs, six RBIs. A.J. Pollock had a two-home run game himself. And Albert Pujols was able to reach base multiple times. Those were the guys that got to Max Fried. And Trey Turner, later on in that game, established himself as well, too. One of the big bats we were waiting to wake up for the Dodgers. And pitching-wise for 
the Dodgers, this game started out with Joe Kelly, who was only able to go two-thirds of an inning, gave up a two-run home run to Freddie Freeman to set the tone, had to leave the game with bicep stiffness, and it was announced today that he is done for the rest of the season. We can talk about maybe if David Price will have a role or not. But back to the Dodgers pitching, the bullpen went eight and a third, allowed no runs, and every single guy who put his foot on that mound did their job, and we should commend them in a second. For me, the one guy that stood out, Brewstar Gratterall, kind of was inconsistent throughout the regular season, started to establish himself during the postseason, but he could have gone three innings, honestly, in that game because he had like 18 pitches or so over two innings, and he had swing and miss stuff, which was the thing we were honestly waiting for from Bruce Starr. Yeah, and he had that curveball working too, which was really nasty. That last one to uh, Jock Peterson was just filth. Um, so I, I just love the fact that there are so many different players on this team that are like have been activated by October. Just like, here they come, Cody Bellinger, Chris Taylor, guys that were just in the worst slumps possible. Bruce Targardo couldn't miss a bat to save his life. And, 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 and Pollock who had a pretty, you know, horrendous NLDS and first couple of games of this series to come alive like that. And don't you think uh, Andrew Friedman was probably smiling somewhere looking at the fact that Pollock Taylor and Pujols, the Dodgers three best right-handed bats against left-handed pitchers. Don't you think he had the biggest smile on his face thinking like, God, isn't it great when we construct a lineup and it just works. Yeah. So the two things I want to spotlight is, is what Jake touched upon real quick. AJ Pollock in the NLCS is six for 17 with a 353 batting average, 1100 OPS, two home runs in the postseason. 9 for 31, 290 batting average, 861 OPS, which is higher than Corey Seager, two doubles and two home runs. So maybe the playoff Pollock narrative is is dying, or if not, dead entirely. Uh, obviously, the two home runs yesterday are going to you know help a lot. But he's he's done his job in the postseason. He, he has done his job. You know, you can't expect him to carry the entire team. He's done his job. Second thing I want to spotlight is Evan Phillips last night. Uh, oh, yeah. The entire bullpen, though, like Kevin said, they only allowed three hits and no walks once Joe Kelly left the game. That's insane. Over eight in the third innings, that's that's ridiculous. But Evan Phillips, man, this guy is going to – I think this guy is going to be a big piece of this Dodgers bullpen way beyond next year. I, I think he is the Dylan Floro of the future. Uh, that slider is, is an absolute wipeout pitch to right-handed hitters. I think he's going to be – an absolute weapon. I think him and him and Vesia are going to be, you know, the tandem guys, the, the lefty guy and the righty guy right there in the, in the middle of the game for the Dodgers. So I'm excited about Phillips, but yeah, like, like Kevin said, Gratterall looked good. Trinan obviously looked good. Knabel struck out the side and then Kenley Jansen uh, possibly in his last uh, appearance at Dodger stadium as a Dodger looked good as well. I want to say AJ Pollock redeemed himself, but that game two performance was still abysmal. Oh, it was, it was. <laughs> And but probably, probably the, the reason you know lost. the the whole the whole picture the the whole body of work uh, looks a lot better than than the narratives will tell you. Now the Dodgers have Max Scherzer going back on the mound for the Dodgers pitching in Game Six in Atlanta, and the last time out he faced that Braves team in Game Two went four and a third innings, gave up one little blunder that was a two run home run to Jock Peterson. Did have seven strikeouts, but obviously the one thing that's fresh on most Dodger fans' mind 
minds is after the game, he said that his arm felt dead. Yeah, and I I was there in Atlanta. It was literally literally the first thing he said after the first question of like, you know, how to go out there, Max? And he literally was like, I have a dead arm. Um, the good news Encouraging. is- yeah, right. encouraging. Yeah, um, the good news is is that there's no structural damage. He's just that his arm is just tired is what that means. Um, and I like the fact that he's going on five days rest. Um, I felt that it was a bit overkill to have him close out Game Five of the NLDS, just given how short we are on uh, starting pitching. Um, it just seemed a little like a little bit too much. So now that he has like a full rotations worth of rest, I feel a lot more confident with him going on the mound in game six, but I just, I just wish that the Dodgers would have trusted their bullpen a little bit more in this series. It just felt that like, even though I understood the Julio Arias relief appearance, I understood what the reasoning was of him facing lefties and whatnot. And he's come out of the bullpen in the past and all of that. But I think, I think you, you've learned your lesson at this point, right? You just got to stick with this bullpen. This, these guys just don't fucking bend. They are, they're equally filthy against righties or lefties. Um, Trinan, especially too. I felt that they kind of used him towards the bottom of the order uh, sometimes when it, it just didn't make sense matchup wise uh, why they would have him out there that early. So that would be one thing, you know, for game six, focus on the offense, make sure Scherzer, you know, has a good, has a decent outing, but also just trust the pen. Yeah. It's funny because it's like, you see guys like Justin Brule and Evan Phillips, come in during these 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 games after game two and before game two and just completely get the job done oh, you know phillips has pitched two uh two games three innings one hit no runs brule has been in three games two innings one hit no runs so it's kind of weird it's like you know during all those those 2017 and 2018 uh you kind of saw Dave Roberts rely on the bullpen and not use his starters when the bullpen was nowhere near as good as it is today and completely uh, gassed. Yeah. And, and you know, he's done a good job of it for the most part. I actually like the Scherzer move in San Francisco because it shortened the game. They, they got the Trinan and Jansen earlier. Uh, but the, the Arias one was puzzling, even though it was his bullpen day, technically you got to If you're going to have Brule on the roster, you got to be able to trust him or you got to use, Brule in the situation where he used Vesia and Vesia in the situation where Julio Arias was used. Either yeah. way, if you're going to have him on the roster, you got to trust him, period. Uh, hopefully it doesn't come back to bite him. I still don't think that's the reason they lost. Uh, if Julio Arias simply executes, we're not even talking about that right now. We're, we're praising Dave Roberts, actually. Uh, so they just got to hit, man. That's what it's going to come down to in two games. You got to win one game, and then you got to win one more game, not two in a row, one at a time. Poor Julio just looks like he's out of gas. I'm he sure he is. Really roughed up in game game four. Mm-hmm. Gave up three home runs, five runs altogether. His numbers are really <laughs> bad in the championship series. ERA over 10, whip over two. And so I don't think the Dodgers are going to have to lean on him the rest of the series, fortunately. Um, going, going back to this game six talk, though, we saw what the Dodgers lineup did in this previous game, I think we talking off the air, we all were on the same page. They got to roll out the same lineup with maybe one change. And that's Matt Beatty at first base, at least to start the game against Ian Anderson. 
and you leave everything else the same. And the reason being, you start Matt Beatty against the off-speed pitch this season, batting 277. And what does Ian Anderson rely on a lot? His off-speed pitch. Yeah, that changeup. I, I, I completely agree, Kevin. I think the only change you can possibly make to that lineup is flipping Beatty and Pujols. Uh, with the, you can also flip Corey Seager and Trey Turner in the lineup if you want as well. Uh, they obviously had success going Betts and Seager in those first two games, obviously Mookie getting on base and then Seager homering. So I think those are the only two changes. Frankly, I'm okay with starting Pujols, even against a righty, uh, because this that's the type of pitcher that I could see Albert having success against. And also just the... I know we talk about it all the time, but like just the experience of being in that situation um, for Pujols. And I felt that I really felt, you really felt his, his like just his smart baseball mind at work last night when he was just able to, you know, keep the line moving, serve a couple balls out there and have really great at bats. He got a walk as well. I just, I, I, I agree with David. I think that you could make the case to have Albert Pujols start even against the righty, although I'm good with Beatty to start and then maybe you bring in Pujols later for, for a pinch hit spot. Yep. Pujols has just been the ultimate team player ever since Amazing. he put on a Dodgers uniform. Love what he was saying about Chris Taylor, referred to him as the secret weapon. And I think we've already found who our two NLCS MVPs will be. Right now, if the Dodgers were to come back and win, it's got to be Chris Taylor hitting 529 in this series with a OPS on base plus slugging of 1,776, three home runs, nine RBIs. And if the Braves are able to hold on and win this series, it's got to be stupid Eddie Rosario, who's just <laughs> killing this team, hitting 571. Yeah, can he stop? Two home I've runs. Seen enough, man. Six RBIs, an OPS of 1,609. I thought it was going to be Austin Riley. We've seen Freddie Freeman do some damage, but my goodness, I did not expect Eddie Rosario to be that guy. Can we, can we slander the Indians real quick for a second? They gave Eddie Rosario to the Braves with $500,000 for Pablo Sandoval and cut him, cut Sandoval before he even put on a uniform. So they essentially just delivered a present to Atlanta. I mean, what what kind of franchise does this? Yes, he was injured at the time. Yes, they were trading for an injured player who wasn't going to play right away. But I mean, come on, Indians, what what the hell are you doing? Yeah, just just atrocious. You know, the ever a lot of people talk about the Dodgers having uh, a ton of injuries, and we've talked about it a, a bunch. But I think it's worth just saying how resilient this Braves team has been considering everything that it's been through. You lost Ronald Acuna Jr. for the season. Then you go out and pick up all these outfielders. Oh, by the way, your leadoff hitter and center fielder, uh, Jorge Soler is out with COVID. Uh, One of your best starting pitchers, Mike Soroka can't stay healthy. Um, And then your game three starter, I think it was game three, whichever was the, whichever was the bullpen game, maybe game four. 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 Yeah. Uh, Inoa goes down with an injury and you rely on freaking Drew Smiley, who became Sandy Koufax all of a sudden and the Dodgers couldn't touch him. I mean, this, this Braves team, although I don't think it matches the Dodgers overall talent has had to go through a lot of things that the Dodgers had to go through this year. And it, it, they are a very resilient team. And Eddie Rosario is just, I mean, you can't get him out. Can't get him out. Unless you're Corey Knable. That was a filthy 
strikeout looking last night. Love that. But we have, we have Brewers Corey Knable. That's what we have. <laughs> we have Brewers Corey Knable. He has found his way to the Dodgers, just like uh, trying and rediscovered his uh, insane year he had in Oakland with the Dodgers. Well, we're gonna came. need we're gonna need Knable a lot more with Joe Kelly going out. Yep. Yep. Joe Kelly is out. David Price will take his spot on the roster. My analysis on what Price will do during this championship series is watch from the dugout or the bull. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. Him and Tony Gonsolin can be the best cheerleaders of all time because if they're pitching, we're in trouble. Yeah. Period. Exactly. But I, I also, think- like, this is, man, this is like Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, man. Justin Turner on Wednesday, uh, Joe Kelly on Thursday, and now Justin Brule may have to be replaced on, on uh, today. So yep. we're, we're, we're dropping like flies. Yeah. This, yeah team, this team is exhausted. You can tell too, just, they're just, they're just battered. And, and even if they, even if they're able to kind of drag themselves across the finish line and beat Atlanta, boy, I don't know what the, what the state of this team is going to be like going into the world series. I mean, I'm, we're jumping ahead, but I'm just, Mitch White. just, just picturing it right now. Mitch White will be our savior. I'm calling my shot. Okay. Savior. The only savior right now is the bats because we need to score. Justin Turner, unfortunately, is out for the rest of the season. Even if the Dodgers were to advance, those are just the rules. Uh, if Justin Bull is taken off the roster with the injury, he'll be out for the season. Andy Burns. Did not <laughs> expect him to be on the championship series team. <laughs> yeah. That was a shocker. Although them selecting his contract was great news over at my house because it meant Edwin Yuseta was designated for assignment. The bust that is Edwin is no longer a thing. Hopefully a team does pick him up. Otherwise he will probably come back on a minor league deal. But for now I'm going to celebrate because that means no more Yuseta. The, the the juxtaposition between the Dodgers starting players versus the bench is just, I mean, what, Two, it's like it's like our starting lineup is the Dodgers and our bench is the Pittsburgh Pirates. It's like the fact that Steven Souza Jr. is there, Billy McKinney, uh, now Andy Burns. I mean, holy cow! But the thing is, the, the thing is that I will say about Justin Turner, and you guys know I'm a I'm a big Justin Turner guy. Um, it isn't going to hurt us. I think. I just think he just wasn't swinging the bat that well. I know yeah. his his postseason lore and and maybe he would have refound his swing or whatever, but I just felt like he was hurting us uh, a lot more than he was helping us. And he's still going to be there. He's still going to be in the dugout with the team. So you're not losing the person. I mean, Muncy's still there too. Um, so he can, you know, he can help out from the dugout. But honestly, with the way Chris Taylor's pl- swinging the bat and playing third base, and and you're able to put Cody Bellinger back in center. I mean, the Dodgers are 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 basically shifting and said and saying we're trying to win this with defense. Yeah, and that's what that's what needs to happen. You know, Gavin Lux has been put in an unfair situation. Uh, someone who's never played outfield before. He's played ten games career in center field. He he was in a tough spot, uh, and I can't really blame him for you know any defensive lapses he has in center field. It's not an easy position to play. Uh, it's a tough spot, but I think you got to just ride the lineup they did yesterday pretty much the rest of the way. Uh, and I think if you are going to play Gavin Lux, I think you got to play him in left field. Uh, yes, I know he said it's easier to read the ball from center, but left field, it, it's, you know, it, I think you're going to be avoiding the ball a lot more in left field. I agree. And I, but I also think that I'm all for keeping Pollock in there, um, even against the righty, just, 
just I just want to I just want to keep those bats that are that are hot in there. I don't like I don't like it when a bat gets hot and then they take him out of the lineup. Like I just feel like you just got to ride. I mean, th- that's what the postseason is. You're you're riding momentum from game to game. You know, can you see uh, from game to game is this player remaining hot? You know, or or should we try and plug someone else in there? So I just feel like um, with with the game with the season on the line, you just got to stick with Pollock. Yeah, I agree. Let's answer some fan questions. First one comes from a friend of the show at Chris underscore Camello. Babe, Mr. October, Teal Albert, and now CT3. What do they all have in common? I'm going to assume it's three home run games in the postseason. Or home runs and elimination games. Could be yeah, that. I don't know. I don't know. But... Chris Taylor was in, you know, some rare air last night, hitting three postseason home runs off of three different pitchers, a la Reggie Jackson in 1977. That's pretty cool. But Chris Taylor is also, I think, the only player to hit three home runs in an elimination game. I think I read that. Just, just ridiculous night for him. Uh, and then you, you also consider the fact that he was, he was the one that put the Dodgers in the NLDS with the walk-off home run against the Cardinals. I mean, what can you say about Chris? What more can you say about Chris Taylor? And he's getting that bag in the offseason. I don't know if the Dodgers are giving it to him, but he's earned it. Yeah, yeah. I think he's made himself a couple extra millions uh, this, this postseason, no doubt. I still think he's going to get around four, four years, 70 million. Uh, and I think it's either going to be from the Dodgers if Corey Seager walks or from another team if Corey Seager stays. At Sorry Boy One has a question for us. When we go to the World Series, the confidence, what's your take on Muncie coming off the IL? I still think it's a long shot. He uh, just took ha- the brace off. Yeah, he, he's just taking the brace off now. Uh, the World Series would start on Tuesday. I don't think he swung a bat. Uh, however, I think if he's able to swing, you could see him in a pinch hitting role. I think that's about the case. That's about the maximum of what Muncie might be able to do. I still think it's quite a long shot. Uh, but so was Kirk Gibson. Right. I think I would hate to risk further damage to Muncie than, than is needed. Obviously if there, if you are desperate, and the Dodgers were desperate in 1988 uh, in game one. But I think um, I think the Dodgers have enough to win without him. I mean, yes, it has affected this team, him not being in the lineup, him not, um, you know, grinding out those at-bats that we know he can do and his, his ability to not only kill the Giants, but also just a, a great postseason hero for the Dodgers. To not have that is, is, is rough, but... At the same time, this team can still win without him. And I just honestly would hate to risk him hurting himself even more. I don't know the exact status of Muncie and his timetable, but he can't be that much worse of an option, even with one arm, as compared to Steven Souza Jr. <laughs> or Andy Burns. Well, you know, if Muncie played for the Padres, he'd be in there already. Oh, yeah, he would have never missed any time. <laughs> <laughs> that is true. Final question that I have over here is at Zimzy. Question is, have the Dodgers battled enough in the NLCS for us to again remember that they beat the damn Giants? Felt like 
felt like that had been a bit forgotten as the boys faltered, at least in this corner. I don't think that they've, we've forgotten that the Dodgers have beaten the Giants, but that wasn't the goal this season. The goal is to win the World Series, and you can't really live in the past from one postseason round because the Braves definitely put their uh, name in our heads. After getting up, getting up in this series two games to none, that was kind of a wake-up call for us to be like, okay, you cannot sleep on this team. Maybe we thought the Dodgers-Giants was the NLCS, but... Once again, mistaken, this Braves team is ready for this moment, and they're absolutely battling us right now. Yeah, we're who they thought they were, basically, uh, are the Braves. And I think that um, when, you, when you look at the NLDS, that was, that was a major accomplishment, no doubt about it. The Dodgers taking out the team with the most wins in baseball in a five-game bloodbath was, was pretty heroic. However... As I was watching this Brave series, and I, I, you know, had come to terms with, come to terms with this a few times, is that if the Dodgers were to have get, were to have been knocked out by the Braves, I was at least okay with the fact that the Dodgers prevented the Giants from getting to the World Series. So I, I you know, I felt at peace with that, um, and I also just didn't want the Dodgers to uh, have any other team celebrate on on their field. I just. It can't bear to watch it. I mean, we've seen those clips of the Astros. I mean, celebrating at Dodger Stadium is just the you know just horrendous. So the Red I, Sox, I'm, the Nationals. yeah, the Red Sox. Yeah, I'm at least glad that they were you know they they pushed it back to Atlanta for at least one more game. Yeah, you know, obviously the only thing that truly matters is did you win a World Series or not. Um, but if they are to go down in Atlanta or in the World Series, at the very least taking the giants down with us is a hell of a consolation prize. So we prevented them from winning world series. Obviously that's not as good as winning a world series, but it's about the next damn thing. So they're crying in the Bay area. They're still crying about it. So take solace in that, I guess. All right, let's move on to a couple final segments. Let's get some predictions in there. What's going to happen in game six? Oh, God. I'll start this one off. I think Max Scherzer, Max Scherzer is going to pitch a gem. He'll go six at least, six strong, maybe give up a run or two. But I think Cody Bellinger is going to continue his hot hitting. We haven't really talked about him. Hitting 429 in the championship series. Had an iconic home run for the ages off Luke Jackson in what almost seemed like another defeat for the Dodgers. But in that eighth inning, Cody Bellinger had some postseason magic with that home run. So I think Cody Bellinger is going to have a big game in game six. Yeah, I agree. I, I think that, I think that Cody Bellinger has, like I said, he's one of those players that was, I don't know how just activated by the postseason. just, you know, exactly what you remember Cody Bellinger to be and an unbelievable time for him to get hot. It is amazing what Cody Bellinger can do in a championship series. I mean, just, Looking back in 2018, he won the MVP. In 2020, he, uh, you know, was in game seven of the NLCS, gave the Dodgers the lead. In 2021, he has been everything in the, he was, he was great in the DS, and now he's been great in uh, the NLCS. And he delivered a swing that gave the Dodgers life again and brought them back from the dead. 
I mean, they were dead. Even Dave Roberts said it. They were cooked. They were done. And Cody Ballinger basically provided the entire team with CPR. And I mean, unbelievable. And the, and the fact that Luke Jackson made his pitch said, this is my best pitch. Frickin' hit it. And Cody Bellinger was like, okay, I will. And did it. It's just beautiful. And that's the pitch he's been missing all season all long. Season. The high fastball couldn't touch it all year long. And he's made adjustments. He's choked up on the bat. He guessed right. And he hit that pitch two feet outside over the right center field wall. So, Look, that, this is a huge development uh, because, look, you got to face the reality that Corey Seager very, very well may be gone in the offseason. I know Kevin doesn't think so. I know he doesn't want that. But that's a very real possibility. And to see Cody Bellinger get back to doing Cody Bell- Bellinger things is massive for this Dodgers team. Because if you're going to go 2022 without Corey Seager, you need a version of 2019 Cody Bellinger back in the lineup, back hitting fourth, back hitting third, back hitting fifth, getting hundred RBIs, hitting 30 home runs. You need that next year. And this is what we're seeing from Cody Bellinger. Two hits off left-handed pitchers last night, went the other way inside out of the fastball. He looks phenomenal. As for predictions for game six, I don't fucking know. I was, I was, I've been wrong a lot. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. I hope they win. I will say if they win game six, I think they win game seven. That's as far as I'm going to go. That's what I'm saying too. And I made that prediction already. I just feel it that when, if the Dodgers were to win game six, I just don't think Atlanta could handle it. I just don't think they can handle that pressure. And I think that I, I just don't know if they can rally after that. I mean, that is the, the fate of the world is on your shoulders. Now the, the pressure is all on Atlanta. If the Dodgers win game six, 100%, that's huge. That's huge going into a game seven. Yeah, I mean, and, and you know, you're going to get haters for what you just said, which I completely agree, agree with. You're going to get haters say the opposite. You're going to be like, oh, the Dodgers have a $280 million payroll. They're expected to win the World Series. All the pressure's on them. Wrong. Down 3-1 in the series for the second straight year. And if you force a game seven, that pressure is on Atlanta 100%. At this point, as crazy as it sounds, the Dodgers are playing with house money right now. They, they're backed against the wall, down three to one. Whatever happens, happens. It's house money at this point. No one expected them to come back from three to one last year. Not a lot of people expected it this year. If they can force a game seven, that's that's danger time for Atlanta. Even though a lot of these players were not on the team last year, Peterson, Rosario, Duvall, uh, or Duvall might have been actually. But uh, I think Duvall he got was. Hurt. He got replaced early on in the series. But yeah. you, you get my point. Pressure's on Atlanta if they force game seven. And they'll have to face Walker Bueller, who's looking for some serious redemption. I don't know what happened in that fourth inning. It was almost like a Steve Bartman incident. Just everything went wrong right away. But yeah, you better bet your ass Walker Bueller will be ready for game seven because those are the moments he thrives on. Elimination games. He brought it on three days rest against the Giants. I'm very optimistic he'll bring it again in the Atlanta. So... Be ready, Braves. If you blow game six, it's it's happening. Yeah, my, my <laughs> quick quick keys to game six are basically do what you did in game two, as crazy as that sounds, early in the game. Make Ian Anderson work, uh, work the count, draw some walks, and the only difference I would say is you're going to have to get a couple hits with runners in scoring position. You just are. Yeah, don't go uh, one for it's ten. Not, yeah, it's not quite Dodger Stadium. It's not quite – they say it's a hitter-friendly park, but as we've seen, the Dodgers have hit way better at, at Dodger Stadium – 
So you're just going to have to get some singles and some doubles with runners in scoring position. And yesterday, the Dodgers went three for eight with runners in scoring position, which is better than they've done in any other game in this series. Um, so that is, that is going to be the key. And the thing was is that I, I, I even texted you guys saying I didn't know it. Well, I, I sort of was like, why are we keeping Max Fried around for so long? But the difference being is that it wasn't that the Dodgers were just, you know, providing traffic on the base paths and then not cashing in. They were cashing in ever so often. So like, you know, you don't need big five, six run innings. You just need when you get a run at a third with less than two outs, you hit a goddamn fly ball. That's what you got to do. Just chip away and manufacture runs and don't wait for the three run homer. I think that was very convenient yesterday is that the Dodgers hit five home runs, two from Pollock, three from Taylor, and they were massive uh, multi-run home runs. And that's something that the Dodgers can do, but relying solely on that is just not, I just, you just can't do that for game six. You've got to chip away and score where you can. The other thing that I love that the Dodgers have been doing in this series is attacking the base paths with their stolen bases I made a prediction that they were going to steal at least four bases. That was probably a conservative estimate now looking back, but maybe if I looked at Vegas predictions, I'd be right on the money. But th- what they've been doing is just running all day and all night on Travis Darnode, and it's really setting the tone. We saw it rattle Max Fried in yesterday's game. So when you get a runner on first, whether it's Turner, Bellinger, Taylor, uh, Mookie, just keep doing what you're doing. Just it's keep running it. Just keep running I don't think Darnold's thrown out a runner in this series. I, don't think I can't yet. remember. He hasn't. I saw it w- watching the game in Atlanta. I was like, we should be running all over this guy. Do not. I mean, you, if you get on first and you have a little bit of speed, you should be on second. His pop time is her- got to be horrendous. He's got a strong arm, got a strong arm, but it takes him forever to throw the ball. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the last comment I have is just once again, commending this Dodgers bullpen. They've been fantastic this postseason. They've already compiled 54 and a third's innings with 70 strikeouts and the best ERA in baseball, 232. Just the nuts, the nuts right there. Any final thoughts real quick before we sign off? My final thoughts are, and this is sort of an overall thought, I think, that I I had watching uh, game five last night, which was, you kind of take for granted Dodgers baseball. Like it, it happens every year, right? There's 162 regular season games. The team goes as far as they go in the postseason. But when you're in all of these elimination games and when you're a fan watching these elimination games, one after the other, you begin to realize that like, it's really kind of cool that you're getting to watch a game so that you could watch another Dodgers game. And that to me is something that like gets kind of lost in, in all of this. I feel is just the appreciation of it. And I feel like Dodgers fans should, should appreciate the, this ridiculous run that they're on because as the three of us know, it wasn't always like this. I think a, a few fans that have just joined or just kind of are becoming of age during this era of dominance of Dodgers baseball. Like they, they tend to get maybe jaded or, or forget that there was a really terrible time before that. So just getting the opportunity to not only uh, see if the Dodgers can play and win so that we can all watch another Dodgers game is a pretty great position to be in. If you're thinking positively like that, 
But game six is going to be just gut-wrenching the whole time. I mean, I feel like every single game for the past month has been that way. And so I'm looking forward to it from that end. And if the Dodgers can force a game seven, I think they're going to the World Series. Yeah, those young fans you talk about never got to experience Vicente Padilla being your opening day starter. Hey, he was he was actually pretty decent for a while. This is yes. a, this is a pro Vicente Padilla podcast. He he was the the only pitcher to throw a soap bubble, as Vin Scully would call it. That really just high arcing curveball. Yeah. All right. Uh, my final thoughts are this: I really like this team. I wish we could keep the same exact roster for like the next five years, like no free agents, nothing. Just keep this, keep everybody on who we have now on the roster, obviously get guys back healthy, but keep the same names. So if this is it, I'm going to enjoy seeing this group of players play together. Obviously it's not the same without Muncie Turner, Kershaw, Dustin may the list goes on. Um, but I still think they got some fight in them. I, I really do. Uh, and like, like we've talked about this entire episode, and like Jake just said, if they can win tomorrow, I think they're in real good shape. What, what I need to see tomorrow is kind of what I saw last night, obviously the offense, but I'm talking about the pitching. Aside from the Freddie Freeman home run, they neutralized pretty much everyone in the lineup. It's going to be tough to contain Babe Ruth, uh, Rosario, but look, they neutralized pretty much uh, Riley. Albies got on once, I believe, and that was it. Uh, he's been killing us. So if you can neutralize Albies, somewhat neutralize Freeman and Rosario and, and neutralize Riley, I think you're in good shape. Obviously Jock is going to be tough as well, but if Scherzer can just go five, six innings without giving up more than one or two runs, I like our chances tomorrow a lot. My last thoughts are I'm sick of people online or in the TBS broadcast booth constantly belittling Dodger fans in the stadium for not looking like it's at full capacity when first pitch is underway for context. First of all, when these games start at five, that's nearly impossible for a lot of people to get to that stadium to begin with, because a lot of us work eight to five. Second of all, a lot of these people have not experienced Los Angeles traffic because it is the absolute worst. Yes. And, and go ahead. Well, I was just going to say real quick, you got to realize Dodger stadium holds more than I think every other stadium in baseball. 56,000. So, yeah. And I think there's only one other baseball stadium that holds over 50. So when you say it's not full, it's still fuller than pretty much every other stadium in baseball. So yeah, there's going to be a couple visuals that people will cherry pick online and be like, Oh, there's some open seats in the reserve in the top left corner of the stadium, the worst seat in the house. Well, yeah, but they're also still filling out 50,000 fans. So first of all, TBS, shut the hell up with your parking lot cam. I don't need to see two cars driving out of the game. What if someone got sick? What if someone uh, has a family emergency? What if someone has uh, diarrhea and has to leave? You got to realize that, you know, sometimes people are going to have to leave. So I don't need to see three cars driving out of the stadium. And the other thing is, is that Dodgers fans are more susceptible to getting diarrhea. So you should have some respect. Yeah. Uh, I will say this. It is, well, Kevin said it's it's hard to get to because of the traffic. Dodger Stadium is just hard to get to. I mean, it is like on a hill. It's on a ravine. I mean, it's, An it's incline, up there. dare I say. Yeah, exactly. And most of these new newer ballparks, 
or most of the ballparks around the majors are in the middle of cities and they're walkable. I was in, we were just in Atlanta and that is a very walkable stadium. There are restaurants and bars all around the place and you can be dropped off in the area and hang out there and walk right into the ballpark. Dodger stadium isn't built like that. It, you can hang out at the bottom, right? But you still got to walk up like a giant hill to get there. So there are a lot of factors at play. And I just feel like I, I, I don't like ignorant people that kind of just look past the context of it. Yeah, 100%. Yep, that was the last thing I was going to add is just the location is so inconvenient. But it's, part, it's, what, it's what makes the stadium. And it's got that gorgeous view of overlooking downtown and other parts of Los Angeles. Yep. Yeah. One of the best baseball sky stadiums there is. So listen, fans, the next time you hear from us, we'll either be recapping what went wrong or we'll be previewing the world series. We don't know who the Dodgers or Braves will be facing yet. It could be the Braves or it could be the Astros. It could be the Red Sox. That game is playing right now. So we'll see what happens. And I guess it's also worth noting if you're listening uh, tonight or in the morning that if the Red Sox force a game seven, then the Dodgers would play the Saturday game at two o'clock. If it's over, they play at five o'clock and these are Pacific times. So keep that in mind as well. Hope that helps you out. Help us out by subscribing to the Incline Dodgers podcast, wherever you listen or YouTube. If you like watching us, give us a five-star rating. That'll go a long way as well. Trying to move up the charts in the baseball podcast and we also want to just let you know we are powered by Fansided, so you can find us on fansided.com as well under the Dodgers section. So lots of cool stuff, and uh, thank you guys so much for hanging with us all season long. Hopefully it's not done yet. It's been quite a year, a lot of highs and lows, but for the most part, I agree with David. I do love this team, although there are a couple changes I would like to make, but we can talk <laughs> about that when we get there. Have a good one, everyone. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.